Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the season three finale of Romance at a Glance. I'm your host, Bridget. With me, as always, is my co-host, Shani. Hi, Shani. Hi, Bridget. I miss your face, Bridget. I miss you so much. You guys, we haven't seen each other since, I think, March 1st or maybe February 28th or 29th. It's and almost like it four is months. it is now June, the end of June, and it's sad. It's just a sad day. Yeah. I know everyone else is experiencing things and it's tough, man. It's so tough. But someday soon, you're going to be back home with me, hanging out at my casa. Yay, eating all your food. That's. I mean, that's really Yay. what I want to do. I want to hold your baby. I want to eat all your food. <laughs> I, I want you to do that. If you're willing to hold the baby, you can eat all the food. I'll make you all the food you want. <laughs> <laughs> so, Bridget, I am very curious to know what you thought of this book. I have been, like, really, really waiting in anticipation. Well, for today, we are talking about Recipe or Persuasion, book number two of The Rajas by Sonali Dev. And, Shani, I have a lot of thoughts. We're going to get into the thoughts. But before we start, I just wanted to say that part A, I missed you last week. It was very fun recording with my sister, but I missed you. And part B, you really missed a bad week uh, because that book was hot, 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 hot. If you guys did not listen to us talk about heat stroke, um, please go back and listen after you listen to this because that book is fire and I loved it so much. And I was... I'm so sad that I missed it. I was texting Shani uh, pages from the book that I thought that she would enjoy just put in her little back pocket for later. That's because you're you're a good friend, Bridget. That is what a good homegirl does. They find all the smutty parts and then they text it to their friends. (laughs) So she didn't have to read the full book, but, but we are back this week with Recipe or Persuasion. Shani, I got thoughts. You got thoughts? I think we should get it popping. Let's get it popping, Bridget. I gotta get into this. Romance at a glance. Uh huh. Romance at a glance. What you say now? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. So, uh, this week's book is, as I said, book number two. The first one was called Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors, Retelling of Pride and Prejudice. This is sort of a retelling of persuasion. For those of you who aren't familiar with persuasion, persuasion is a second chance romance by Jane Austen. Um, This is a contemporary romance. I do have to say that second chance romance is not my favorite of the tropes. What is your trope thought? Uh, I would agree. I don't necessarily care for second it's not one of my favorites i don't like hate it but i don't look for it that's for sure yeah i think my main problem and honestly i haven't read that much because i know i don't love it but i think my main problem with it is that i am not discovering with the characters why they love someone and i think for me that's like some of the most wonderful parts is like a great writer, tell, like showing and telling and have the characters talking about the little things that are, you know, those little moments that you see them like, I don't know, open a car door for an old lady or you see them like talking to themselves in the grocery store or yeah. arguing with themselves about what to wear. Like all those little weird idiosyncrasies about a person that the character can fall in love with. I get to fall in love with that at the same time. And I feel like in a second chance romance, it's like, they're like remembering why they fell in love versus like actively falling in love. Yeah, I feel like you don't Does get to see sense? the you don't get to see the flower bloom. I do feel like in this book, 
uh, she tried to give you glimpses of like those like flashbacks of when they fell mm-hmm. in love and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if it was enough. So normally I give a few author fun facts, but we had the extreme pleasure of interviewing Sonali. So you can go back and listen to our podcast interview with her on Authors at a Glance. So much fun. Shawnee and Sonali are new best friends. They talked about Bollywood for approximately 20 minutes of the podcast, and it was I hope magical. So. I hope and so. First up, Bridget. It's great. I have, like, just the biggest, like, author crush on Sonali because, like, I felt like we just fangirled for a minute. She let me fangirl out you with did. her. And she's so deeply, incredibly, like, intelligent that I'm just like, oh, her brain. And then thirdly, she's just super cute. Like, is I mean, so I, and I don't beautiful. mean this in a, in a condescending way. Like, she's one of those people that you'd have a hard time taking seriously because they are just so adorable. And I yeah. love her so much. So I, I listened to the interview. We had a blast. And I do hope that I get to, like, meet her and see her, like, in real life in the future. Yes, a hundred, a hundred percent. She also said that we were savage reviewers, which I'm not going to lie. Me and Shawnee were filled with so much joy. Joy! Because we have had a few books on here that were recommended a lot by other people. Five star, five star, five star. And when we read it, we were like, wait a minute. Come on. What about all these problems? Yes. So it makes me happy that like we are attempting to cultivate a place where you, if we give it five stars, like you know that book is going to be drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. And if we give it four stars, you know you're going to have the time of your life. And if we give yeah. it three stars, you know it's going to be a solid ass read. And if we give it two or one, you know you just shouldn't pick it up. Don't do it. Do it at your own peril. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, she was she was a delight. Go check out that interview. It is alive. And let's quickly talk about the cover because it is illustrated, and I know we've covered it before, so I don't want to like beat it to death on the podcast. But uh, you know, it gave me the vibes of a rom com, which is the one thing I wanted to talk to you about because this book for me was not very calmy. The calmy. Was missing. This book was well, actually quite dark. Y- yes. Okay. So before we go forward, I want to just give a trigger warning because I yes, felt like 100%. I felt like this book needed a trigger warning. I was not prepared for what I got into. So I'll give a trigger warning for post traumatic stress, uh, alcoholism, uh-huh. sexual abuse, and suicide. Um, so and marital rape too. And, oh yeah, and rape. Um, well, I said sexual abuse, so I was trying to put it into that thing. But yes, marital rape. Um, and uh, yep. so just so you know, we, we will be talking very openly and candidly about these subjects today on the podcast. So, yes, to your point of it being a rom-com, which is what I thought I was signing up for when I picked it up, a rom-com, Same. it is not. <laughs> no, it is not. It doesn't make it a bad book. No. But it is, it was, I was not, like, prepared for it. Yes. Well, I just thought, especially like, especially the second half. I felt like the first half I was getting those rom com vibes. Like I was like like you know like we got the quirky sort of opening where it's like you have this chef and she's working at a restaurant that her dad used to own and it's struggling because she can't sort of break out of what he used to do and make it her own and modernize it. And her best friend works for a reality TV show on the Food Network and needs a chef and kind of basically like blackmails her into doing it by being like, I'll lose my job. You have to. And (laughs) then you have Rico Silva, who is the celebrity she gets paired with. And it turns out that he actively chose her because 
in high school, they were lovers and boyfriend and girlfriend for a few years in secret. And he is, you know, a huge football soccer star in Europe. He's from Brazil. I mean, he is like a literal wet dream that I have had my whole life because I love soccer. Oh, yeah. I love boys who can play soccer. I love the Premier League. The World Cup is my favorite event. Every four years, I watch every single game. And I was there for him. Just from his description, I was like, oh, I know who he is. The man bun, the soccer player, the abs, the leanness, the thighs. I was like, I have an image in my mind, and I'm going to work it with that image. Yes. So first tangent of the podcast, I was on an airplane, and the whole freaking Brazilian soccer team got on the airplane before me. And I was like, hell to the yes, and I was thirsty. Wait, wait. The, 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 wait. I don't, what? The... A Brazilian soccer team or the national Brazilian soccer team? I don't know. No, they, I'll, I'll, they must fly private. They must fly private. I, nope. I, have no, I, have, I don't know. I don't watch soccer. I have no idea. All I know is they had on some soccer-looking stuff. It was a whole team of these fools, and they were beautiful, and they were speaking Portuguese, and they were definitely kind of brown. So I, they were a Brazilian soccer team, okay? Okay. And— I just saw them. They got on the plane ahead of me, and I had my little tiny little carry-on suitcase, and I was like, shit, man, I want to talk to these fools. But I didn't know what, you know, I don't know what to do. So I just, oh, God. <laughs> so I get on the plane, and the whole while I'm going down the aisle, I'm like, how can I just engage a little bit? I just want to see this guy's pecs. I just want to see his muscles, you know, whatever. So I was sitting really close to them, and when I went to pick my suitcase up, I pretended that I couldn't lift it. Oh, my God. So the guy... <laughs> The guy jumped out of his seat and he lifted my suitcase for me. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Bridget, it was so beautiful. He was so beautiful. You guys, for those of you who have never met Shawnee in real life uh, or seen a picture of her standing up, she is, what are you, 5'8"? Yeah. 5'8", very strong. It's not like she's a five foot tall woman who like can't reach. Like she is a strong, tall woman. Very capable. Like if I saw her pretending to not be able to listen, I'd be like, you can lift that goddamn suitcase by yourself. <laughs> oh my god, that is hilarious. I was there for it. Yeah, I I hear you. I was I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just gonna because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think we should move on. But yeah, I was there for it. So basically, what happens is he he his career's over, and he decides like I need to go back and find the girl who broke my heart when I was a teenager because I can't move on and I've never been able to like open up to another woman and he wants to get married he wants to have children he's like the godfather of like two of his ex's kids like because they loved him he just couldn't like open up the way they needed so he goes back she almost chops off her toes because she hasn't seen him since high school and he walks into the set of the show and she drops her knife and almost chops her toes off and he saves her and it like goes viral. And from then on, like, you know, everything sort of spirals from there. So like that opening, I was there for it. I thought it was Super cute. Like, you, know, you know, she has some like some bad stuff going on in her past. Cause the way she describes her dad and, and the fact like, so, you know, obviously, you know, there's a misunderstanding. They each think the other person broke their heart. Um, but I would say the first almost like half of the book, I I was getting those rom com vibes. Like I thought their chemistry was really nice. I thought the show sort of atmosphere. I thought that was a really cute setup because, I, you know, everyone who's ever watched a reality show knows like it's such a heightened like dram- overly dramatic. Very They're trying overly to, like, dramatic. 
yeah, they're trying to like trap you into saying stuff that you wouldn't say. Um, well, you know, I thought her friend, I thought her friends and her cousins and her aunt, like I liked their whole fam vibe. Well, what till the think? till the first half of the book, it was a five star read for me. Mm-hmm. I was so excited about the book, and like for the first half, I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. Um, one, like I have to say, like Sonali does a great job of character development. My mu- mm-hmm. my my main gripe of this season has been one dimensional characters, and mm-hmm. she did a great job of making you feel like a part of this family. And that everybody in this family had a unique kind of perspective and personality and back um, sto- and backstory, um, and so I was ex- like, I was very pleasantly surprised when we picked this up. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm really loving this book. Oh my gosh, you know. And I feel like the first yeah. half of the book was definitely like, I was like, yes, and full rom com feels. And I I thought it was the TV show was so cute, um, you know. So that's why I was like. 50% in. I 100%. I was probably at a four star, but I completely agree. Like, I like the first half of the book much better than the second half. Where it started to go wrong for me. So, there are a couple things that started happening more and more later in the book. They started having more flashbacks, or it mm-hmm. felt like they were. And the flashbacks got so heavy. Yes. Like, flashing back to the mom getting trapped into the marriage by the by her dad, and he, like, locked her in the room. Then you flash back again to the mom to the marital rape. Then you flash back again to the mom, like, she kicks the dad out and never will see him again. Then you flash back again to the mom. She, like, every, like, interaction in her past is, is, like, triumphant for her character in the sense that she basically took what was a horrible situation and then embraced the power of being married into that family and was able to do these great works and champion women's rights and all these other things. However, she is a bad mom. I mean, like, quote, unquote, a bad mom because she leaves her daughter in the care of an alcoholic in another continent and basically just, like, checks in on her every once in a while. It's not like she left her and then wrote her a letter every day or called her every day or... You know what I mean? Like, there's there's no real mention of, in between those visits, any sort of interaction or her being like, I know you have a school play. And, it, like, yeah. she was basically Calling, just complete, checking in, doing the most completely is, gone. Yeah. And and then she would come back for a little bit and then be completely gone again. Um, so that's for me. And then you start flashing back to um, Ashna and... It's like she saw her dad commit suicide by killing himself. Like she, you flash back to like the only time Rico ever went to her family restaurant and her dad had like soiled himself. So she had to go clean it up. Like all of these horrible things. And I was like, where are we going with all these Debbie Downers? And like, don't get me wrong. I understand this stuff happens in real life. I'm okay. I'm like happy that books in general, tackle these subjects. But personally... The boat for me was overloaded. Over, yeah, it was a lot. I, I could have done with, like, maybe two of these things in the book, but I, you know, and also, I feel like you have to weigh them out, right? So, like, for me, rape in a story weighs, you know, weighs heavier than alcoholism, per se. Right. Suicide right. is very heavy. So all of these just were weight on weight on weight on weight. And so I was not prepared 
uh, especially by the cover of the book. It did not prepare me to tackle these subjects inside the book. And also, I didn't feel like this was a romance novel. I felt like this was like uh, a fiction novel or women's fiction or something else. But there was not enough romance in the book for me to categorize it as a romance novel. And honestly, that it bothers me because I would rate this book much differently as a fiction novel than I would as a romance novel. It did not agree um, as a ro- as a as a fiction novel. This was all was like at least a four star read for me. Me too. Like like clearly like I'm like this is a well written story. This is an author who knows her shit. Um, but as a romance novel, like I got more stories with, from the mom and her and uh, um, Ashna and Shobi's perspective than I got with her and Rico and then with Ashna yeah. and Rico. I didn't feel their chemistry come through. I didn't think they earned their romance because there was yeah. very little of it. And then, you know, my cardinal rule, Bridget, the fade to black. <laughs> I, I will never, never be okay with fade to black sex scenes because I have come to this book for the sex and then the story. So like, uh, you know, and I actually didn't think the fade to black sex scenes were terrible. I, I actually kind of like how she described them, but it yeah. didn't matter because I don't want a fade to black sex scene. Put fade to blacks in in fiction. You know what I mean? That's if you fade to black, you've now made this my grandmother's romance novel, and I ain't about it. Ain't about it. <laughs> I, as you know, I'm here for the fields. I am fine with a fade to black. If, like you said, it's earned. So, like, I've read so many where by the end of the book, I'm, like, salivating for them to be together. I'm, like, the first kiss, like, I was, like, pining. And then the, the first, like, time, you know, whatever, they hook up or they they have sex or whatever. If if it's done well and the yearning and the, the buildup is there, I don't care because my imagination can just run wild. Okay, fade it to black. I'll imagine it. And then the next morning, the book continues and I I get it. I agree with you that I prefer a little sexy times on the page, especially well-written sexy times on the page. Yeah, yes. I do enjoy those things. I don't require it. I am also on your side about the fact that I thought the first, again, the first half of the book was building up their relationships and she introduced them really well, like put out their two different, like his reason for being there is to get an apology, to figure out why it is she left him and to like move on. Her reason for being there is to save her store, help her best friend and try to like break out of this rut she's in, like, and to prove her mom wrong. And, like, I liked that, like, I thought they had a lot of great moments in the scenes where they were together. Like, when she's having a panic attack and he, like, hides her behind him. When they are cooking mm-hmm. the the stuff together. Like, when they're doing the little insert parts for the show where they're supposed to be, like, flirting. And he's, like, throwing little quips and she's, like, smiling at him. Like, every time he's talking about wanting to, like, pull her hair out and see if it goes all the way to her butt still, like... Those things, I think, worked really well. I think the problem for me was that the second half of the book, like you said, was about Shobi, her mom, and Ashna. It wasn't about her and Rico anymore. 
And it felt like it's troubling for a romance because I want to be part of the romance. Yes, the romance. I mean, it just for me it was it was for me it was weighted too heavily with Ashna and Shobi. It was also yeah. weighted too heavily with some very serious issues that yeah. in general, you know me, I read romance to escape, you yeah. know? So like in general, I deal with post-traumatic stress. I have dealt with sexual abuse. I don't want to read it in my romances all the time. And there's so many times that it shows up in romance that like, it's always a little bit dry where I'm like, oh wait, she probably got touched as a little kid here. Oh, wait, nope, she, some Earl raped her and now she can't do this. And it's fine that it happens in in the story, but because so many authors use it, like it just ends up annoying me over time. Um, yeah, especially if it's not a book that's like a quote unquote dark romance where you know that's going to be a plot point. A, exactly, exactly. Because then, then you're mentally ready for it and you're like, okay, that's fine. Like she'll get over it and some way or he'll get over it in some way. And then we'll like, you know, the characters will move past it together. But yeah. Um, and yeah. even though I knew that, even though that, even though I knew Shobi didn't want to be married to Bronn, um, I didn't necessarily think that he had raped her. It wasn't my automatic I assumption. I just thought, okay, they didn't want to get married, but maybe at some point they had had sex and they had Ashna, you know? Um, so the rape actually I w- came, I was- came out of the, you know, kind of blindsided me where I was like, oh, Oh, snap, you know, and then yeah. I really didn't. I really wished uh, because Ashna and her mom were going through so much and doing so much. I wish that the mom had just come right out and told her the truth and not had this Earlier. overhearing like, oh, I overheard you saying this and now I'm running out, you know, um, because I felt I felt a lot like Sonali didn't um, didn't necessarily play on a lot of cliches. But that one for me was a cliche. You know, she actually avoided every time I thought she was going to fall into like a one of those romance cliches she didn't. And I was so excited, but that was one she missed. I was like, ah, the overhearing and the runaway. Yeah, one thing I liked, speaking about the runaway scene, is that I feel like a lot of times in romance, the character, like, fixes the other character. And I liked in this book that he challenges her with, like, hey, why are you hiding? You don't even like cooking. Like, why are you doing these things? Like, forcing her to confront her own choices. Yeah. And 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 also her PTSD and, like, and all of that. But he, but she didn't, like, he didn't say, like, hey, I think you should open a chai place. And she's like, oh, I think that's a great idea. And then, like, changes her whole life. <laughs> he just was, he was almost like a sounding board. And then she figured her shit out by herself and then came back to him and was like, this is what I've decided and same with her mom. I do yeah. feel like the ending with her, the mom, and Omar and Rico being all together at the very end was like, I didn't feel like I, like, I didn't feel like her mom really earned that for me. Because while I do think in general, having horrible things happen to you is horrible. And I do think in general, it can and does in a lot of case fuck people up and fuck up their ability to be compassionate towards others or themselves or make good choices, quote unquote, you know, like good choices. Um, I think in this instance, I didn't 
Like I got what Sonali was, and and if you go back and listen to our interview with her, she talks about this a lot. How Shobi was kind of her, um, her response to the pressures that are put on mothers, and mm-hmm. and how they have to be perfect all the time. They have to be good for everyone. But I didn't feel like in this book, her mom was just like a little selfish. Like I'll take a few extra business trips instead of seeing your school play, or I'll like I'm gonna prioritize my own whatever, like campaign to end, you know, child, you know, girls not getting educated over seeing you graduate college. It wasn't something like that. It was like her mom left her, didn't check in, only came back every now and then. And like, and I thought Ashna saying, you know, towards the beginning of the book, like, oh, I see what's happening. You've now achieved your goal. You've won this like essentially like Nobel Peace Prize of India. And now you don't know what to do anymore. So now you're going to come back and try and fix this. But like, I'm grown now. Like you missed my life. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, she fucking did. So I I felt, I mean, I feel bad that Shobi had marital rape. I feel bad that she got trapped into this marriage by her dad and essentially sold to this prince. But I don't, but I also feel like, not that she should have sacrificed her whole life and sacrificed everything that she was in her ambition, but she did leave her child. So I don't know. I, I didn't feel like she, and then to your point, she just over her, she didn't even really confess and like say what happened and apologize. She just, it was overheard. I don't know. Yeah. It's just funny because Asha is like always overhearing everything. Oh, that, that bitch is she's everywhere. Like the, she's like the most quietest walker of all time. Uh, just sneaking up on people. You know, uh, so I mean, reading this book has actually been, um, it, it was kind of interesting. And it probably, I probably read this at a great point in my life because I'm quarantining at my parents' house. And I have, you know, haven't lived at home in, I don't know, 15, at least 15 years. Um mm-hmm. And so getting to watch um, my parents' dynamic and getting to be back with my mom, who we had a very tumultuous, to say the least, like, you know, childhood um, with with her. And we have done a lot of work, both of us, to get to a point where now we're like best friends. We hang out. We went on a road trip. We've done a lot of stuff since I've been here. And we've gotten along the whole time, you know. Um but one of the things that I can't ignore is the way that my dad treats my mom. And it's not a new thing. It's just a thing that I'm just seeing as an adult um, that I recognized from when I was a kid. But when I was a kid, I didn't know what I was looking at. And so when I'm looking at Ashna, you know, romanticizing her dad, who is a narcissist by all accounts. I remember reading a, a review that was like, why does her dad manipulated her at 10? Why didn't she just leave? And I was like, you don't leave a narcissist. They set it up for you that you cannot leave without you feeling like you are responsible for their death. Like when he's, he's mm-hmm. saying he's going to commit suicide if she leaves or whatever, yeah. you're responsible for their emotional state. Um, and then she was a child. Grown women can't leave narcissists. So how can mm-hmm. a child leave one? You know, and uh, Shobi getting out um, is, you know, I know the feeling of why she can't get go back. You know what I mean? Why she's mm-hmm. trying to get Ashna, but like it, 
it can be a state where you you can't get your kids. And I've seen this happen a lot of times where parents are fighting over their children, but narcissists have no gloves on. And so, and her dad very much was that. Ron very much was that. Um, but like, I, I think back to my childhood and my dad ta- used to use me as his uh, therapist for their marriage. And I was a little kid at the time and I didn't think about it. Even now, I think about like one time I remember my dad telling me, don't get fat. He was like, it's not fair. It's not fair to you for you to get fat on your husband. Like looking back, I'm like, why the fuck would a dad say that to his young daughter? Like, Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean? He overstepped Mm -hmm. his bounds hugely in the, you know what I mean? My mom never put him in that position. So now it's kind of funny because where I was like a daddy's girl my whole life, now I'm like a mama's girl and my dad doesn't know how to handle it. He, now he mm. calls me a bully because I don't let him say anything. Anytime he comes at her, I bow up so hard, Bridget. <laughs> I'm like, what? And what? What are you going to say to her? What? <laughs> you know, so reading this book, it did bring up some feels. And I was like, uh, it has things in the book that I I don't like, which is like kids with mommy and daddy issues over 30. Do you know what I mean? You know how I feel about that. I'm like, go to therapy, you know. But in this book, I I kind of accepted it because she really didn't see Shobi until she was like 30. Shobi showed up at 30. So where she kind of stuffed all these feelings, now they came bubbling up to the surface. So she didn't have time to like work them through. She just had accepted this woman's not going to be in my life forever. And so I won't ever have to deal with these feelings. So there was yeah. a lot about this book that I should not have liked based on previous things that I found. I was mm-hmm. like, they kind of work in this book for me right now. I'm like... Well, I'll accept it. <laughs> I also feel like if you saw your dad kill himself in front of you and you thought it was your fault, you would only remember the good things about him. Yeah. Because that's your guilt. And you she was I mean, she was 18, so she was still a child, like so that actually when the mom was telling her the story, and then all of a sudden she started remembering all of the terrible things he used to say and do. That for me, I was like, that piece totally was fine for me. Yeah. Um, I do just wish that when Shobi had come back, she had been more, because even like, even the thing about Ashna saying, like, when Rico's like, oh yeah, your mom was there that day, because I went there that day. And I'm like, she didn't even, t- and she's like, well, I didn't want you to think it was my fault. And I'm like, well, she thought it was her fault. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, what else was she supposed to think? Like, um, but I hear what you're saying about the narcissism thing. Like, I think she did a good job of describing the dad as just being, like, the worst. Um, switching gears a little bit. One thing I thought was cute, and which is a reason why I would be very curious to read future books, is I really liked the sort of bromance setup between Rico and her cousin. Yeah. And his book not- is going to – his book, it's going to be a series of four. His book is going to be the fourth book. And I liked her family enough that I would be happy to read the next books, like, assuming that there's not going to be as much trauma. Yeah. Like, of the four, four, maybe this is just the book that has the most trauma. I don't know that to be true, but... um, I agree. My hunch. I agree, because I love... I mean, the thing is, like I said, like, I actually love... I love this book. Um, There's just a few things that didn't work for me in the genre that it was placed in so it's like Mm. if if i went to read a fiction book i love the family i love to get to know more 
I even will accept this whole loading of of issues because it's fiction and it's not I'm not expecting there to be this heavy romance or sex scenes or any of that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. in that realm, I love this book. Now, out of that realm in romance, I don't because I felt like I was I'm being sold a bill of goods. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I feel like I uh when people read romance, they come for, you know, all sorts of reasons, but number one, it's for the romance. And if there are more scenes with the mother than there are with the romantic partner, I think there's a problem there. Just yeah. like just like right there. The scenes with the mom were just so they were so many, they were so long, um, and they were so yeah, they heavy. O- they overpowered the romance. Yeah. You know? And I do think it was cool that that you're seeing Ashnahil, you know, while she's while this romance is budding. Um I did like that dynamic. I did I would have accepted that in a lighter form. Um because the, yeah, I mean or, that's or life. like faster. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not. I know it's not realistic to be faster, but I think faster. Yeah. Well, I actually there was there were there were one too many scenes of Ashna and her mom being like da 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 da. We're saying the same thing, you know, yeah. like I like storming I, storming off to bed, and I'm like, yeah, right, you know, this. and and you're watching the cycle of insanity, and in the book when you only have a finite number of hours you want to be reading and investing in this book. You got to really make every moment count, and they could have cut um, some of that out, and they could have gotten to the meat of it a lot quicker. I feel like. What did you think about the uh, him getting down on one knee at the end of the sh- game show? Oh, that was the, the that the was cooking the best, show. That was the best part for me. That was when she she like curbed one of those cliches, which yeah. he went down on one knee. He tricked her and was like, "Can I have your phone number?" You know, and she was like, oh, you got me. Because, you know, I would have hated that. He's like, you think I don't know you? I know you would have hated yeah, that. Like, I, I wouldn't that do that cute. to you. You know, and I think that I really like that. Because in general, when he got down on one knee, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. And so I was so pleasantly surprised that they didn't go that route, that, that Sonali didn't go that route. Even though they got married in the next scene. <laughs> they did. engaged in the next scene. <laughs> they in did. Private. Wait, Yes, which I will accept because one, they he knew her, he respected he her, her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and he'd already known her from before. It was a it was yes. an older relationship, and he did it in private, like he knew she would like, and that's you know I didn't feel like like a couple of these books we read this season. I felt like they were fuck boys. I was like, these are not relationships <laughs> that will last. Do you know what I mean? Like I know yeah. I can see the pattern here. Um, but to me, he didn't feel that way. He felt like a man who was growing. I liked that he was vulnerable. That was a big deal for me when I was rating him was that I liked when he told her at the end, like, I don't want you to leave. I'm afraid that I will lose you if you're like out of my sight, you know, like if you were gone from me, my body is afraid. Um, Mm -hmm. and I felt like that was a hugely vulnerable moment for him to have. And I loved that moment. I was like, see Mm -hmm. this? This is expressing your needs from your partner. And this is your partner answering back and saying, I will be back. That I am not leaving forever. You know, like honoring those feelings, saying them and having your partner honor them. I feel like is magic. That's mm-hmm. what makes a relationship ha- like beautiful. I mean, I liked Rico. I liked Rico too. My thoughts about the very, very end epilogue sort of situation. Mm-hmm. So they're in, they're in India with 
uh, Shobi and Omar, and then Rico and Ashna. And my thing is is just this, that it, you had so much trauma, so much distance. It felt a little bit weird to me that everything was, like, perfect at the end. Because oh. I feel like even, even in a relationship like that where you have mended a big bridge, you have patched up years of, like, hurt and misunderstanding and, you know, in some cases betrayal and distancing on purpose and all these other things. Um, and because it, it's not like her mom, like, patched shit up, like, when she was 19 and her dad had just died. Like, it's been 12 years. And I I felt like it was too, like, Norman Rockwell painting happy, <laughs> if that makes sense. I... I didn't mind it um, because I, you know, and again, I'm just pulling from my own personal experience. It's like when you, when you get to a place where you know that fighting won't do any good or, or whatever, and you're trying to heal, you just, I just found that I was just putting myself in the spaces with my mom and hoping for the best and keeping things light and jovial. Like mm. for, there was years that we would hang out but we would never talk about anything deep. We would never address any sort of heavier issues. We just kept things light, you know? And so I kind of just took that as this was like a moment for that they're taking it light. They're not getting too deep into anything. They're both two grown women just trying to coexist together while rebuilding. So that's kind of right. just how I took it. But I can see how you would say that like, oh, it feels too tied up in a bow. Um, mm-hmm. at the end because honestly there's nothing to tell you either way whether in like oh they're besties or oh they're just yeah. cordial to each other <laughs> I I almost feel like because this is a series like I almost didn't need the epilogue because I feel like you know that they're gonna get married you know that they're happy they won the show so she got the money to save the restaurant and then it's like oh wait no they didn't win that's right the other no, guy no they won. didn't win they didn't win they didn't win but anyways like Clearly, her restaurant's like booming now, or whatever. She'd figure something out. I feel like yeah. in the next in the next book, we could have just seen whoever the next characters are come into the restaurant or the chai shop, and it's like, oh, I love that. You know, oh, this is my favorite chai. I'm so happy. It's not the old restaurant anymore. I, I one sentence, one <laughs> sentence. You have told me all I need to know about like where the characters have moved on to. I agree. Like, I totally agree with you because I wrote that down that they the epilogue was useless it didn't need to happen um they could have said even said at the end of the book where they could have had a nice little romantic sex scene to end this out you know what i'm saying to end yeah. the journey pound, pound pound it out pound it out pound town you know what i'm saying pound town pound town they could have gone to pound town at the end of the book you know what i'm saying and then she could have told him about her idea to turn curry yeah. jeans into a little dessert chai shop and whatever. Love it. And then the next Love book it. opened up a chai shop. You know, like, that's all that was needed. Um, yeah. When you have a series like this also, I think that um, I think that instead of putting all of this weight of Ashna's mom in this book, I think sometimes, and I guess this is a preference per author because if you want things to be standalone or not, but... It would be nice to see glimpses of the trauma Ashna and them had in the first book. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, 
And that way it's not all weighted into this book, per se. Mm. Um, and if there's going to be more traumas throughout the books, then spread them around a little bit so that we're not dealing with I mean, them I, all I, so heavily. I hear you, but, I mean, these books are written to be standalones. And, yeah. I mean, they're in a series, but, like, I don't think you needed to— I actually read these out of order, so, like, I didn't need to read the first book to read this book. Yeah. But you also know you're so. missing a book. Like when you, you do know you're missing yeah. a little backstory, but when somebody's already pregnant with a baby, you know you miss book one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, when somebody already has a hot new fiance, you're like, oh, well, that happened in book one, yeah. which I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at it. Not mad at. It. Uh, all right, we're going to take a quick break, everybody, and we're going to be right back with our ratings. See you in a sec. Hello, best friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of Romance at a Glance. We're so happy to have you. If you'd like to support us further, head over to Patreon, where you can become one of our patrons. We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group, where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now, back to our show. Uh, talk to me about Ashna. What'd you think? All right. So I am going to give Ashna... I'm on the fence, Bridge. <laughs> what numbers are you on the fences, Johnny? I'm on the fence between a three and a four. Because Okay. Tell me why. I, well, I liked Ashna like a 3.5. Because um, I liked that she was striving to like be independent, um, run the restaurant, even though she sucked at it. I like that she <laughs> told Rico. <laughs> I like that she told Rico, look, man, I can't cook. And I'm about to panic. I like that. Um, I felt like she she was trying to identify her flaws and where she needed to like what she needed to work on. And I like that she kind of heard Rico when he was talking to her, even though she didn't always like it. I felt like she was trying to become better and grow. Um, so I like that aspect of her. However, she lost a really big fat point for me with the arguing with her mom. Like that, it just went on too long, and then blaming the mom for all her problems, it just went on a little too long for me. So mm-hmm. I, I'm in between a three and a four for her. Um, I just haven't really, haven't really decided. <laughs> okay, well, we don't do half ratings, so you need to get your shit together. Shani. I know, Bridget. I know. <laughs> okay, well, I I feel like I'm gonna err on the side of a. I'll err on the side of a four. I like to round up if I'm I'm on the fence, so I'm gonna give her a four. Okay. I gave her a three and I gave her one point off for the same reason you did, which like the shit with her mom really dragged on for me, which is not necessarily her fault. It just is what it is. And I lost another point because it felt to me like her problems could have been solved really easily a few different ways. One, her aunt was willing to lend her the money. So that was dumb. And two, she had a big ass fucking enormous engagement ring she could have pawned off at some point if she really needed the money. Um, But mostly the big thing was like all of your family members have offered to help you and you're just being like a stupid child, which maybe she got stuck in that like 18 year old child mentality when her dad got, you know, killed himself in front of her. Yeah. Um, but I did not like that because I was like, it's not like she's alone. It's not like she doesn't have rich support system who are more than happy to take the burden and help her and 
Like, her grandma doesn't want her to sell the restaurant and has tons of money and would be happy yeah. to give her the money. And, like, blaming herself for those two guys swindling her when she was 18. I'm like, I blame your fucking relatives for that because they should have had your back. You were a kid in another country. So, not your fault. So, anyways, I gave her a three for those reasons. I was also like, why is she responsible for this restaurant for 10 years, like, at such a young age? Like, these other guys were running it. Why was she responsible for that? Like period, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it was it like was very- like she got she got it because she's his only daughter. But it feels like the aunt and uncle should have like stepped in. I don't know, been on the board of directors and like oversaw the finances to help her or something. Yeah, like like my cousin just passed away. She was forty seven, right? So she has three kids, one of which is six. Every bit of family has stepped in to manage the situation. Yes, she has a 21-year-old daughter who is technically an adult, but is she really? Should she be handling this situation? Should she be deal- You know what I mean? Like that doesn't yeah. it doesn't make Only any sense. Only if she to me. didn't have any other family. And I have never I have not met and maybe this is a stereotype and I hope it's not, but every Indian family that I have ever known, including my boyfriend's family, have been so heavily in your business that so involved that I can't see them being like Oh, we're okay with the fact that it's like going into squalor and you won't let us help. Like, yes. And you're cleaning, cleaning the floors by yourself for no reason. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. You well, what know, did so- you, what did you think about our sexy footballer? Rico Suede. Ooh, uh, Rico, I gave a four. Um, so he, he, in the beginning. Okay. So in the beginning, I thought it was a little bit uh, much that he, makes her um makes himself her partner you know for the game show i felt like that was uh, slightly on the creeper level but i'll accept it for the romance loved it, it. i was all about it loved it <laughs> and, and I was, in real life i would have been furious but in a yes. book i'm totally down but in, yeah that's what i mean like in in the book i'm like it works i like it i'll accept this yeah. vehicle yeah. um yeah. and um i felt like uh in the beginning he didn't hold on to his stubbornness i felt like a super long time. I felt like they were getting playful from like pretty early on. Um, and he was loosening up and they were getting to where they wanted to be. I felt like he was much more open and vulnerable. I felt like he spoke up. Um, and I just liked him in general and she described him to be hot and, and that matters. Um, I also gave it before. Cause as I said, a wet dream that I have literally had and mm-hmm. he was all the things. Um, I also was very excited about how he sort of adored and worshipped her and, like, was always, like, looking after her even when he was mad. He mm-hmm. was, like, taking care of her, which I liked. Um, and I also liked that he really enjoyed the, like, mental cha- – like, he had a – aside from winning her back, he had another sort of character development arc of – Realizing that he really enjoyed being the public fixer, like public strategy fixer of his soccer team. And and I know it's called a football club, but we're in America. So I'm sorry to anyone who knows that it's a Premier League football club. But I'm going to say <laughs> soccer team. Um, that he, you know, was like the fixer for a soccer team. And then when he meets her cousin, he starts to like send him like ideas about the campaign and then takes on that job, which I really liked that he had an arc that wasn't just about her completing him as a person. 
Because yeah. sometimes, I mean, not that I don't love that, especially, especially in paranormal. Hello. <laughs> Separate half of my goddamn soul. Um, but it was nice that he had a separate thing. So all in all, I gave him a four. I agree with you. And I thought that he was a McDreamy. And I had a very clear picture of what he looked like in my mind. And not because of how she described them, but because I just made this up. But I don't know if you watched the Duggars at all. You know, a lot of people think no. they're prob- I think a lot of people think they're problematic um, or whatnot. Who are I- they? Who are they? Okay, so um, they used to have a show called 19 Kids and Counting. It oh, was the, I know you're obsessed with them. The people who have I'm, like a thousand children yes, and then the, the daughter had a kid at the same time. Okay, keep As going. As the mom? Yes, yes, absolutely. Okay, so, so creepy. It's so creepy. And the fact that like the how fast the girls get married and all of that stuff. One, they can't be having good sex. I just don't believe it. There's no To me, there's no way you, you get married Ugh. that young. And you're having good sex. I mean, they'll be having the same crappy sex the rest of their life. That just blows my mind. But anyway. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. The parents have 20 kids. They know how to fuck. Yeah, but the wife doesn't feel like she's allowed to say no. It's all if God gifts me a child or whatever. And they have a thing where it's not like super okay to be like, no, I don't really want to do this, you know, or whatever. So I don't know. It's a little bit iffy. I don't got all the facts or whatever. So I'm not going to, you know, state anything definitively. But I just think it's fascinating how a household that large runs. It's less interesting to me about why they're having the children as opposed to how she makes it work. And it's really cool because she pairs up like three of the little kids with one older kid in these like pods, you know, to take care of each other. So it's like there's like a a little baby. There's like a little baby. Like camp, like a, camp counselors. <laughs> yeah. Like, so like the one-year-old and the six-year-old and the 10-year-old and the 17-year-old are all in a group together. And so they're all helping each other do things. And they just pair off like this because they're all like two years apart or something crazy like that. My uterus feels this when I'm talking about it. But that's not the point I'm Dude, making. Dude, I but, can you imagine? Because right now I would be like ha- getting pregnant again. No fucking chance. No way. Not doing it ever again. Oh my god. I feel so much sympathy for people who have who have fertility struggles. I have so much sympathy for people who have like bad things related to that. And I know that a lot of people, and maybe some of you guys who are listening, are like, she doesn't even fucking know how lucky she is. And I do. I love my kids. I know I'm talking a lot of shit about them on this podcast, but like I love those little mofos. However. I will never carry another one. And it was not it. That was hard, especially the second one. Yeah. And I was like, the second one was really hard. Um, I don't I don't want to see you pregnant again, only because I saw how hard that was. Like, so I saw tiring. how hard that was for you. Yeah. Like, so tiring. You were done. But I felt like I month was, seven, you were like, I was like, done. And you still had a two month sentence coming? left. I know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but okay. Was, so, yeah. but back to my original point because I went off on a tangent about the Duggars. The <laughs> Rico to me reminds me of, and don't ask me why I know, but Ginger Duggar has a hot ass husband. Okay, <laughs> and his name is Jeremy Wolo, and I don't know if he's. I think he's Brazilian. I want to say he's a Brazilian. Um, he's everything that I imagine Rico to be because he's a McDreamy. He's a super McDreamy and we're going to definitely post a picture of him on Patreon because I need you all to see how like she, oh, he is cute. she hit the jackpot 
all the other He's sisters have these like real pasty gringo characters. But her dude, oh, suave. I mean, suave. I don't know that I would describe him as suave because he just looks like a, you know, like a normal, good looking, so bearded man. He's so cute. I, I mean, he is not at He's all a- what I was imagining. He's a like, McDreamy. He is a McDreamy. He is. Yeah, you know what you should look at, Johnny, too? Later, not right now, because we should wrap this whole shebang up. But Mm -hmm. you should just Google hottest World Cup footballers. Okay? And then just later, you guys can hear her clicking away. I was like, don't do it now. (laughs) (laughs) And then just look through, like, the 50 hottest ones, because... Like, I don't know what it is about soccer players. There's a reason it is the world's favorite sport, Shawnee. It's the world's favorite sport. Bridget, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Okay. (laughs) It's the world's favorite sport. (laughs) You you can't tell me to to click this later. I need to see these fools right now. And let me tell you, one of the first pictures to pop up is like the diversity football team. Okay. It is like one footballer from like, Four different teams, and they're like four different ethnicities. And when yeah. I hear the word diversity, all I hear is all four of these guys on me. That's my yeah. idea of diversity. <laughs> okay, yeah. you go. They are you got, all. You got a chocolate man. You got an Asian man. You got an ambiguous yeah. man, and maybe he's Armenian. Yeah. I have no idea, but I'll take him. I'll take them all. One of each. Let's go. <laughs> I'm an equal yeah. opportunity lover. Let me tell you right Dude. now. Dude. I have said that so many times. That was my catchphrase all through high school, or not high school, college, after college, up until I married my husband. People would be like, oh, well, what's your type? And I'd be like, equal opportunity lover. I turned down no ethnicities, no religions. I only don't want to have sex with women, but that's just a personal preference. Everything else is on the table. Tall, (laughs) short, larger, skinnier. I'll... Any color, any, I, I mean, like, they are, and I have sampled the goods, and they're all beautiful in their own right, Johnny. And they, why One would I must, limit myself? Don't Virginia? limit why yourself. Limit don't okay? limit yourself. Some of the best sisters, like, I, I would never have married my husband. He's Korean. I would never have married him if I said I didn't date anyone Asian. But I know a lot of people have, like, oh, I don't date a certain, maybe it's my own culture, maybe it's a different, whatever. I don't care what your shit is, but it's a bad idea because you never know. You never you, know. They might be well, they might be the PB yeah. and J to your jelly, you know? You don't know. You never know. And I always think that, you know, your soulmate, the reason they call it a soulmate is that your souls are meant to be together. And mm-hmm. that doesn't nobody says your vehicles are meant to be together. Your body is a vehicle for your soul. So if you are limiting yourself by race, then you may never find your soulmate cuz cuz soulmates don't mm-hmm. work that way. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I have swirled, I have swirled all the way, and let me tell you, it is delicious. Delicious. If you haven't done it, <laughs> step out of your box, go taste the flavors, taste the rainbow. I'm just saying. <laughs> all right, on that note, I'm going to tell you my favorite review, but like super quickly, because I think we should wrap this episode up. Okay. It is from Lubna. I hope that I'm saying that right. It could be Lubna, because there's two A's at the end. Romance Library. Three stars. I'm going to skip the first half of her review. It's quite long, but this is the section that really stood out for me. Why a three-star rating? Well, this book isn't just about Ashna and Rico. Ashna's mom also gets her own story through flashbacks and in present time. I can understand why the author chose to tell Ashna's mom's story in detail, 
but I'm just not a fan of this choice. First of all, I really dislike the flashback technique. It's confusing and disorienting. Secondly, while Ashna's mom has gone through some terrible things, I couldn't for the life of me bring myself to care. And I, I don't disagree. Like, I wanted this book to only be, excuse me, I wanted this book to only be about Ashna and Rico. And by only, I mean like at least two thirds. Yeah. And I feel like they only got half the book. And that is tough for a romance for moi. What was yours? Yes. So I, one, I agree uh, with that. When the book ended, I was just like, oh man, that's all I'm going to get of Ashna and Rico. And I actually mm-hmm. was super interested to hear more. Like I could have read more of, of their story. Um, okay, so my favorite review is by someone with no name or no name that I can see. Um, and it says, Ashna's story really should have been two books. One about Ashna's mom, Shobi, and her hellacious relationship with Ashna's dad. And another about Ashna and Rico. For me, the story fell short. The content was simply too much to process. At this point, I can tell you more about Ashna's family drama, more than I can tell you about her and Rico, much less their second chance together. Because the family drama consumes all the space, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, if the book was advertised differently. Total misconception on my part, so please don't let this deter you from giving this book a try. Sonali Dev has a beautiful writing style, and she tells a really good tale that makes you think. This one just wasn't my cup of tea. So that really sums it up for me, where like um, I generally don't read women's fiction. And I don't read women's fiction because I want sex in my stories. So I'm I'm a little bit happy we read this for the podcast because I never would have read this otherwise, um, knowing that it didn't have any sex in mm-hmm. it. Um, so that I will probably read the rest yeah. of the series just with way different expectations, mm-hmm. um, just because I love her writing style. When I say like the way she writes saved so much for me in, in the book. Like it just it just did. Like I think she's yeah, I a brilliant writer, and I have not said that <laughs> about. <laughs> I don't think anybody on this podcast yet. Um, I'm so eager to see what she does, but I would definitely tell her um, and suggest that if you're going to be writing in romance, to either put your book in the right category, or two, if you're going to write romance, we want the grotesque like romantic scenes. We don't we don't need it to be behind <laughs> closed doors. We yeah. are all big grown up ladies who want to touch our lady parts to your scene. So let us let us do that. We want to honor you. Yes. Let us let our books be our lover. Okay. <laughs> With the kind of lingy energy. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But you gotta give it to us. You gotta give it to us. Yeah. Uh, so that would so this yes. this uh, review most summed up how I was feeling um, about the book. But I still, I mean, I do, I do love the book. It's, it's, a, I'm, I'm weirdly conflicted in my, in my body. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> I agree. No, I agree. I give it a three. I liked it. Um, definitely intrigued to read the next book. Second chance romance. Def not my favorite trope. Um, and I, did like the first half of the book more than I liked the second half of the book as a, as a romance. Cause it was lighter. It was more fun. It was setting up all the characters. It moved a little quicker for me. 
uh, the second half of the book felt a little bit like I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. What happened to my fun, sexy footballer? Where did he go? Let's have sex with him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would definitely say worth a read. Yes. Go in with the right expectations. Because if you do, you might you might be more excited. It, it'll feel better, you know? Okay, Bridget. Bridget. Yeah. What was your favorite line in the book? Or what was your favorite 10 lines in the book? I, you know, what's so funny is like, I did not do my due diligence this week and I had one, but like, I think this really shows that this book wasn't a romance for me because this is not a romantic quote. I just liked her writing and the quote, it was the downside of choosing cowardice was that there was only so long you could hide. Problems were patient. They always waited you out. And I liked that because I do feel like I have felt that in my life where I'm like, I'll just ignore this problem. And then it's just like, it's not going anywhere. It's still going to be there to pick back up later. So I always try to uh, turn and face all of my problems head on as fast as I can uh, be brave enough to do it. So I liked that line. I didn't have a favorite like romantic quote. I thought they had some nice romantic moments. I I, uh, I like that line. Um, Two, I actually thought that where this author shined was in those kind of um, really insightful lines. So, um, so yeah, I, there was a part in the book, a line in the book that um, the bronze grandmother says this and she says, um, I do believe I tried everything, logic, bribery, punishment, separation. And I paraphrase that quote um, because I think it's a saying of theirs, um, but I would butcher it if I tried to say it in Hindi. Um, But I like that. In general, mm-hmm. it's like you try these four things before you give up on a person. <laughs> um, and then the second line mm-hmm. that I picked was about the proposal because I just loved it. I love that she didn't fall into the cliche, which is. Um, so Rico says to Ashna, do you really think I would propose to you on live television? It's like you think I don't know you at all. Thanks for. And then she says, thanks for knowing me. Also, I would have killed you if you had have done it. There are knives here. So I just thought that was, I thought that was a really cute line uh, between them. I did them. too. And it shows that, you know what? He's paying attention and he knows what she likes. Um, speaking of butchering Hindi, how did you like the audiobook? I loved it. Usually we cover, usually we cover this at the beginning and I totally forgot to talk to you. Yeah, about I, I thought she did an amazing job. I loved it. Um, and obviously the, the, uh, the narrator probably speaks Hindi. <laughs> Um, but she did a really great job, and I I hope that she's doing the other books as well because she she enhanced the book and didn't take away from it at all. That's how I felt. Awesome. Well, a resounding review from Shani. Well, Shani, I think that's all we have for the friends today. It is, Bridget. This has been a pleasure, girl. It has been a pleasure, pledge. Pleasure, pledge. Until next time, Shani. May your books be your lover. And your hand your best friend. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.